A cloud of dust and a hearty high silver. The Lone Ranger. With his faithful Indian companion, Toto, the daring and resourceful mask rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fella. I am Silver. A flat-bottomed keelboat was docked at the wharf in Dodge City on the Arkansas River and stevedores were busy loading heavy wooden boxes aboard for the trip westward. The skipper of the boat stood on deck with the engineer observing operations. He was saying... Well, Hank, we'll pull anchor just as soon as those boxes are aboard. You can take my word for it. I'll be mighty glad to unload my bench landing. he got plenty of steam up, skipper. If you give the word, we're ready. Good, good. Yeah, nobody but us and the pit crew know those boxes marked minor machinery really contain firearms and ammunition for the Army Post at Fort Union. What's all the secrecy about, Skipper? It's easy. The last shipment of arms went by wagon train. Two Indians attacked the wagons east of Benson Landing and made off with the shipment after massacring almost everybody in the wagon train. Oh, so that's it, huh? Yeah, yeah, I remember hearing about that attack. I was working for the Higgins Freight Line in Bent's Landing at the time. How come a boat engineer like you went to work for Kate Higgins in the first place, Hank? Well, last year I was on a boat that cracked up near Bent's Landing and the crew was left stranded. I met Kate and she offered me a job, so I took it. Then when you put in there a month ago and said you needed an engineer... I told Kate I'd like to get back in the river. She knows about the firearm shipment, too. I uh, understand her freight line is supplying wagons to take it from the boat to the fort. Yeah, she told me. The fact, she was glad to have me on this boat to help safeguard it. Naturally, she's anxious to see it get through safe, too. Then no reason why it shouldn't, the way it's all been kept secret. I have a picked crew of gunmen who'll be ready in case of any trouble. Hey, Skipper! Yeah, what's the matter? Everything's aboard! Well, get ready to up anchor and cast off. Aye, aye. Well, Hank, this is aye, it. Aye, get to the engine room and stand by for my signal. Aye, aye. We've got a schedule to keep. Aye, aye, Skipper. The Commandant at Fort Union paced the floor in front of his aide, Captain Jones. As he spoke determinedly. Captain, this time there must be no slip-up. The shipment of arms and ammunition must get through. You say this time, Colonel Blake. I've been here only two months, and I know nothing about any other shipment previous to the one we're expecting. That's true. True. I'd forgotten. <clears throat> Three months ago, just before you were transferred here, a shipment was sent from the east by wagon train. Some miles east of here, the train was attacked by Indians. Sue. The shipment was lost? Yes, the few who survived the attack testified that several white men wearing masks rode with the Indians. They all got away? That's right. 
I'm convinced the leader of that gang learned of the shipment and got help from the Sioux. Do you fear an attack on the next shipment, sir? The next shipment is coming by keelboat. Keelboat? I'm not familiar with the term. It's a large, flat-bottomed, engine-powered boat used for traveling shallow rivers. Oh. The keelboat will bring the shipment of arms and ammunition up the Arkansas River, as far as Bent's Landing. You'll be there with a company of troopers to escort the wagons, which will bring the shipment here. Yes, sir. I'm sure there'll be no trouble between Bent's Landing and here, Colonel. The plans for transporting that shipment have been carefully made, Captain. There should be no trouble at all. What about the wagons you spoke of to bring the boat's cargo from Bent's Landing? Now, they've been arranged for. You see, there's to be a hand-picked crew of ten men aboard the keelboat. All of them expert gunmen. Kate Higgins, a widow who runs the freight line out of Bent's Landing to Santa Fe, will supply the wagons. She's been advised of the approximate time of the boat's arrival. If the news of that shipment reaches the gang who worked with the Sioux... Impossible, Captain. The utmost secrecy has been observed. Only those aboard the boat and Kate Higgins know what the cargo is. She's as anxious as we are to see it get through safely, because she'll be well paid for the use of her wagons. When is the keelboat expected, sir? Day after tomorrow. You will leave with the troopers in the morning for Bent's Landing. I understand, Colonel. I'll have the company ready to ride on time. In her office at Bent's Landing, Kate Higgins, a tough, brawny woman, sat at her desk talking to one of her men. Pete, I want you to take a message to Chief Bigfoot. Sure. Got another job lined up for us, Kate? I sure have. Now listen close. Tell the chief you and the men will be at his village tomorrow night. He's to have about 50 braves ready to ride with you down along the river. What for? To attack a keelboat called the Jumbo. How we get aboard? It'll be docked at the abandoned wharf at Big Oaks, about 20 miles east of Bent's Landing. How can you be sure of that? <laughs> you ought to know me by now, Pete. I make sure of things like that. But if the boat doesn't stop there... It I... will. The engineer on the jumbo is one of my men. Oh. He'll see to it that there's engine trouble, so it'll have to stop. What's aboard? Some of the usual cargo of eastern goods for trading purposes. That'll go to the Sioux for their help. Sure, sure, but what are you after, Kate? A big shipment of arms and ammunition that also is aboard. It's listed as mining machinery. Now, after the crew is done for, see that the shipment is removed and hidden in the abandoned mine tunnel at Big Oaks. Then set a charge of blasting powder in the engine room with a slow-burning fuse attached. Cast the boat adrift. It'll explode in midstream, and no one will ever know what happened. Uh, report here to me when it's over. You sure got it all figured out, Kate. But how do you know about the shipment? <laughs> it's, it's a big secret, Pete. But the army told it to me. What? I'm the respectable Kate Higgins, freight line owner, remember? Yeah. And nobody's wise to the fact that you boss a gang of owl boots. Mm -hmm. Reckon I got the six best gunmen in these parts. Well, I got work to do. Get word to the chief, then tell the men what they're to do. I'll see you before you leave with the gang for the Sioux Village tomorrow night. All right, Kate. Oh, 
following afternoon, Captain Jones entered the freight line office. Afternoon. I'm Kate Higgins, owner of the freight line. I reckon you're from the fort. Yes. I'm Captain Jones. I came to report that my men are camped outside of town to wait and escort the wagons. Good, good. Reckon the keelboat will dock tomorrow about on schedule, due around noon. I figure to have my wagons waiting on the dock. I'll bring the troopers to the dock then at noon. Good idea. Then they'll be there to guard the shipments while it's loaded onto the freight wagons. But I suggest you keep them out of town until then. <laughs> you know how soldiers are, Captain. Some of them might get to drinking and start talking out of turn. I understand, Mrs. Higgins. You see, I figure there might be somebody around who's interested in that shipment. A gang of owl hoots has been operating in this territory, and at times they're in cahoots with the Redskins. So I've heard. Robbery is one thing, but treachery against their own people. Leading hostile Indians in attacks is unspeakable. I'd like to get my hands on that gang leader just once. Glad you feel that way, Captain. I'd like to shake on that. Of course. They say that leader's mighty smart. Might be right under your nose and you wouldn't even know it. I understand he did have ways of learning about shipments in the past. Yep. Dab ratted shame the way those crooks rode with the Sioux and attacked the wagon train a while back. But I reckon they've been outsmarted this time. I hope so. I'll go back to camp now. I'm sure we'll meet again before the company and I go back to the fort. Reckon we will. Goodbye, Captain. Goodbye, ma'am. <laughs> Man alive, he's sure in for a big surprise tomorrow. It was almost sundown when the Lone Ranger and his Indian companion, Tonto, rode a trail overlooking a valley outside of Bent's Landing. There's Cooper's camp in Valley, Kimasabi. Yes. Colonel Blake said there'd be camp near Bent's Landing. You take letter from Colonel to Captain Jones right away? No, Tonto. To keep our presence here unknown for the time being. We'll camp long enough for me to disguise my features. Oh. Why you do that? Because I want to go into town tonight and look around. The colonel is still afraid something may happen to that shipment before it reaches Bent's Landing. His fears may be groundless, but until it arrives, we'll be alert for any indication that the outlaw gang is still around here. Come on, Zulu. Get him up, Sakawa. That evening, the Lone Ranger, disguised and without his mask, entered the cafe at Bent's Landing with Tonto. The two men walked to the back and stood in the shadows, watching the crowd and listening to the jumbled conversations. Several men were playing cards at a nearby table. The Lone Ranger's attention was suddenly attracted when one of them threw down his cards, saying, Ah, uh, count me out, men. And Luke, too. Oh, just another hand, Pete. Why do we have to rush? We've got that important job to do, Luke. Now forget the cards. Yeah, but we're winning. There's a lot of cash in this game. Then forget it. Come on. All right. There's more money in the job. See you all tomorrow, man. Otto, we'll go outside now. Uh -huh. 
Lone Ranger and Tonto stopped a moment in the shadows outside. Tonto asked, Why we come out, Kimasabi? You saw and heard the two men who left the card game? Yeah. The man called Pete looked familiar to me. That jagged scar on his left cheek. Wait, Kimasabi. Yeah? We remember now. Him with gang we captured two years ago. That's it. Furthermore, men usually don't leave a card game when their luck is good. Whatever they have to do must be very important. Ah. And what we do? They went into the freight office. We'll wait a while and see where they go when they come out. Let's pause here for a moment. The Lone Ranger rides again right after these messages. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, Gangbusters, The Adventures of the Saints. The preceding memories are brought to you by Radio Spirits, the leading supplier of classic radio programs and nostalgia merchandise. Hi, this is Fred Foy. For a free catalog listing thousands of classic radio programs available on cassettes and CDs, call toll-free 1-800-RADIO-48. That's 1-800-723-4648. To find out more about old-time radio, old-time video, and the pleasures of listening to audiobooks, visit the Audiobook Club website, www.audiobookclub.com, where you can get four audiobooks for just one penny. And now, once again, let's return to those thrilling days of yesteryear with Tonto and the Lone Ranger. to continue. After waiting a short time, the Lone Ranger and Tonto heard several men leaving by the back door of the freight office next to the cafe. Now remember, Pete says you're to take orders from me. Tonto, there was a voice of a man named Pete who was in the cafe a short time ago. So follow those men. Come on. Uh-huh. The gang headed eastward from Bent's Landing and into the hills, with the Lone Ranger and Tonto following at a discreet distance. An hour later, the masked man and Indian reached a ridge overlooking a moonlit valley. Riders go into village of Sioux Chief Bigfoot. Yes. I wish I could learn what his business is with those white men. Well, me sneak down slope, through brush. Huh? Maybe get close enough to find out something. That's a good idea. I'll wait here for you. Uh-huh. Let me go now. After Tonto left, the Lone Ranger stood waiting and watching the activity in the Indian village below. The masked man failed to notice the sinister figure that slid from the shadows behind him and was startled when... Do not move. We have guns. Keep hands up. You turn around. All right. In the bright moonlight, the Lone Ranger saw a Sioux Indian in full war paint who glared at him with venomous eyes. You spy on Sioux and white friends. Me take masked men to village, give them to squaws, torture, then him die. The Lone Ranger stared at the cruel face before him. He realized any move on his part would bring instant death. But he showed no fear as he stalled for time, saying, 
Why does Sue Brave wear war paint when pale-faced friends come to see Chief? Me not talk to mass man. You come village. You move hands, you die quick. At that moment, the Lone Ranger saw another figure emerge from the shadows. He say you come. He saw Tonto moving silently up behind the Sioux with his gun upraised. I'm willing to go with you. I'm a friend. If you take me to your chief, he will know. You're not friend, you spy. Good uh, work, oh. Tonto. He meant business. Me time up, Did you find out anything? Me get close. Me hear white feller, Pete, talking to Chief Bigfoot. Him make strange talk. We'll leave so as to get there about dawn. Uh, we have 50 braves. The ready to ride with pale-faced friends. All right, the jumbo will be waiting at the dock. After we get what we're after, the jumbo will disappear. Uh, you keep promises to Bigfoot. Sue Braves do what you want. Yeah, don't you worry. We'll keep our promises. White squaw leader always keeps her word. Uh, good. You come this way. Wait no Kiko. That all me hear. Then then go into hut with chief. Me not savvy, jumbo. White squaw leader. He was savvy. Well, I think I do. The keelboat bringing the army shipment is named the Jumbo. And those men went into the office of Keith Higgins before they rode here. Oh, that's right. Otto, I'm sure they're going to attack the Jumbo. I'll stay here and trail them when they leave. You go to Ben's Landing. I'll give you the colonel's letter to give to the captain of the troopers. Tell him what's going on. He and his men can easily pick up the trail of the Indians from here. All right, here's the letter. Uh, let me go quick. Sit down. Easy, fella. Adios. Adios, Toto. Get him up. Later, some distance down the river, the engine of the keelboat stopped suddenly. Hey, what's going on here? The skipper of the boat made his way to the engine room. Hey, Hank, what in tarnish is the matter with the engine? Go and get excited, skipper. I can get it to go long enough to put in at the big old wharf. Then we'll get to work and see what the trouble is. Well, all right. But you've got to do a rush job. We're due at Bench Landing today, and I want to get this cargo unloaded. Now, don't worry. You'll get it unloaded today. If you go back to the pilot house now, I'll get the engine going long enough to make the wharf. The way it's been acting, it'll be dangerous to risk going further without repairs. All right, thank you, busy. Dawn was breaking when the jumbo eased alongside the abandoned wharf. All right, Jim, make your pass. Get a move on. A short time later, the keelboat was securely tied to the wharf. The crew lounged about the deck, waiting for the repairs to be made. Meantime, the Lone Ranger had followed the outlaws and the Indians to Big Oaks. He found them just before dawn, dismounted and waiting among the trees on a slope overlooking the wharf, leaving Silver in a safe place on the ridge. The masked man looked down through the trees toward the river. Then he saw the keelboat docked at the wharf. That's it. Somehow they knew the jumbo would stop at that wharf. I must get aboard and warn them. The Lone Ranger hurried along the ridge until he was beyond the Indians, then moved down the slope through the tall brush toward the dock. 
He was still disguised under his mask, which he removed and put into his pocket. The men aboard the keelboat saw a man running onto the dock. Cast off! Indians are about to attack! Hey! That man says something about the attack! Keep him coming, Dave! All right, come aboard with your hands, Jefferson. I came to warn you. Outlaws and Indians are hiding up the slope. They intend to attack. I don't see any sign of them. What's the excitement, Skipper? This hombre says we're about to be attacked. What? Ah, he's crazy. Better take his guns and tie him up till we know what his game is. Now, listen, Morris. I don't know why you tied up here or how they knew you would, but the Indians and the outlaws... Skipper. Tying up here was due to an accident. Nobody could have known about it. If you don't cast off right away, you'll lose your cargo and perhaps the lives of every man aboard. Like I say, he's loco. Maybe we better cast off just to be sure. The engine isn't working right yet. Tell you the engineer, why aren't you down there working on it? You suggested I put in at this wharf so you could see what's the matter. So he suggested it, huh? Shut up. Skipper, by the time the sun's up, we'll be on our way. Don't listen to this. Hey, cover. Here they come. You told the truth. Hold it, Skipper. Gun at your back says you'll tell the crew to drop their guns. Drop your gun. Ow! My punicles, that was mighty fast moving, Missy. Tell your men to keep down and use their guns. Fight them off, Dean. Give it to them. I'll tie this man. It took but a moment to securely tie the engineer. Then the Lone Ranger joined the battle against the outlaws and Indians, who had dismounted near the wharf and were trying to get close enough to board the boat. I'm afraid we can't hold out, Missy. There's too many of them. We'll keep trying. A friend of mine went for help. We must hold out until that help arrives. The far-off-numbered crew fought desperately against the frenzied two, who were urged on by the masked outlaws. The Lone Ranger led the fighting and moved quickly about the boat, encouraging and watching. He's firing, men. Don't let them aboard. The wary Indians tried every trick to board the boat. Several of the crew were wounded, and many of the Sioux had fallen. But they still pressed forward in large numbers. Monsieur, I'm afraid they didn't want to make it. We just can't hold that. Don't give up, Skipper. We'll fight to the finish. Alexander, if you feel like that, we'll show those redskins a thing or two. That's the spirit. Great Kate horse fool. Look, troopers rode down the slope and into the Indians and outlaws who were on foot. Many of them jumped into the river trying to escape. But after a terrific battle, and after many on both sides fell killed or wounded, the Indians and outlaws were subdued. The boat and its valuable cargo were saved. While the troopers attended to the wounded and watched the prisoners, Tonto and Captain Jones came aboard, bringing Chief Bigfoot and Pete. He must have This fella lead outlaws. Tonto, it's good to see you. You too, Captain. I'm happy to meet you, sir. The colonel has told me about you. I don't know how he found out what was going to happen, but if it hadn't been for him, we'd have been massacred. Our engineer must have been in with him. We got him tied up. It was well planned from the looks of things. Chief Bigfoot... Don't you know you may hang for planning all this? Me not plan it. Pale face there. Fella called Pete. Him make plans. Now, hold on. You can't put the blame on me. Kate Higgins bosses our gang. She planned everything. I suspected as much. You mean the woman who was to supply the wagons at Bent's Landing? Yes, Captain. I see it all now. She knew about the keelboat shipment. Uh-huh. And the engineer must have been planted aboard by her. He was a new man. He faked a breakdown, I'm sure of that now, and had us put in here. 
Well, the assistant engineer will take us on the bench landing. We'll pick up Kate Higgins and turn her over to the sheriff when we reach town. Good. How do I? Left Silver up on the ridge. Let's get our horses, then we'll meet the boat in bench landing. Uh-huh. We'll see you all in town. Adios. Good pleasure. Hey, Captain. I still don't know who that stranger is. He saved the cargo and our lives. He usually wears a black mask. The Indian told me that at present he has his features disguised in order to go without the mask. He's a man trusted by the army and the law. A man who fights for law and order and places love for his country above all else. That man, sir, is none other than the Lone Ranger. This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Fred Flowerday, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank <laughs> you.